It's another Sunday night in comedy, and tonight we're taking a look at the independent comedy label and celebrating those folks behind comedy records. Ten years in the game. We're going to find out how the inmates took over the asylum, all their hard work behind this, and how they finally have changed the game for comedy in Canada. They're all a part of the comedy roundup tonight on Inside Jokes. Roll the intro. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome to another edition of Inside Jokes. I'm your host, Vince Tedesco. Dean Young is away this week. And as I said off the top, we're paying salute, tribute to the guys over at Comedy Records. 10 years, 10 years they've been in the game of producing the greatest comedy content this country has for you, for the listening audience to indulge and listen and laugh along to. We're going to talk to founder Barry Taylor and a couple of the other cast and crew that kind of put the label together and we'll dive into all of the stories and kind of how this all came to be because 10 years is a pretty long time to be kicking ass in an industry that's really really tough to break through in especially here in Canada let's dive into that now happy anniversary to the roster behind comedy records kicking ass for the longest time now they've been at it uh, for a steady pace essentially kind of taking charge of uh, the independent label here in Canada. Uh, joining me right now, Mr. Barry Taylor. Barry, how you doing, boss? Good. Thanks for having me, man. Thank you for doing this. So, I mean, the lineage of this has kind of been, you know, stoic to say the least, as you were kind of, uh, the term I guess to use would be change the game in the industry to the independent comedy label. I mean, if you think about it this way, every comedian that decided this will be my profession, thinks about it or essentially had the path of somebody graduating high school. I'm going to go to a decent college. I'm going to get a great job. These are the steps. Here we go. This is what I need to do to become a comedian. It was kind of one road to get you where you need to be. And along comes comedy records and you kind of give that choose your own adventure option where, hey, you can <laughs> kind of go any which way you want now if you kind of, you know, you want to... Uh, stretch out your comedy chops with us. So tell us a little bit of how this all started. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, we started in 2010 and it was, I mean, yeah, just kind of that, I guess there was, uh, you know, as most people who work in comedy know, there's limited resources and opportunity in Canada. So um, the idea that I had was basically just to kind of take the independent music model, which I was familiar with from working in radio and had seen work for music in Canada and apply that to, to comedy. Um, so basically put together a compilation album with 11 comics and then build tours and shows around that and just use it as a, as a cross promotion type thing. And then when um, we did that and then I started looking for distribution, there was no one in Canada putting out comedy albums or whatever. So I was just like, naively, I was like, oh, I'll start a label then like an idiot. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, like idiot, I'll start a comedy label. Yeah, yeah. and what? Uh, seen that far fetched? 
it was crazy at the time it was ridiculous like it was because i mean you know it was about three years into the label when sound exchange became a thing so for the first three years like making no money at all except for like the live shows we did a bunch of college shows and and uh college tours and you know th those made good money but yeah, for the first three years, had no idea what the digital royalty game was. It wasn't really around, and it, and we were just like I was just eating it for years or whatever. And then all of a sudden, Sound Exchange became a thing, and it was like, oh my gosh, we can actually make everyone can make money from this. And then that obviously just helps snowball and fund into other things. So um, yeah, it's been it's been great. It's been challenging. There's been a lot of fortuitous bounces and we've been really lucky and yeah we're just grateful to still be going really okay so that being said was there ever and this is just me prying as you know a fan of comedy uh any personal vendetta against the soat larger corporations in comedy was this kind of born out of frustration like i'll i'll show you you mother you can't <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start my own label. It's going to be amazing. And I hire all the comics in the world and they're all going to sign with me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was, <laughs> I'd love that story. I mean, there's frustration for sure, but also I think it was made out of necessity where it was just like, you know, there was literally one or two, and there still are a few options. There are more now, but it's like there are few options. And the options that exist, I don't think really treat comedians fairly. Like, I don't think the deals are fair. And it's because these big, you know, monopolistic companies in this country, they have the monopoly. So they leverage that and they say, you do it on our terms or you leave. And I, yeah, I guess there's part of me that that, <laughs> that bothers me. And I, and I am just like, all right, fine, I'll do it on my own then. And, and, you know, when you present that to comedians and say, look, we're gonna give you the best deal possible and we're gonna provide you with opportunities that we think are gonna help you, a lot of comedians are interested in that. And um, and it's also like, also I'm very grateful for it. Like, I mean, everyone on this screen, Arthur, Trev and, and Dina and everyone we work with because it's a leap of faith from them too. They're like, how they're putting their trust in me. Like, how do I know this guy's gonna do what he says he's gonna do? You know, cause I could be in, I could not or, or fail completely. You know what I mean? Like I could be like uh, terrible at this. Like I could be horrible, but I'm fortunate that and very grateful that these people have given me their trust and faith and so far we've been able to deliver on everything we've promised and um yeah it just you know motivates to do bigger and better things and yeah i mean it's not like a go after yourself to these other companies but it's also i'm just like what they're doing isn't rocket science do you know what i mean it's a ton of work and it's not easy but it's not like it's not um possible to do on your own if you're willing to commit and yeah I don't know, I'm just <laughs> crazy enough and again naive enough to be like yeah no we'll do it we're good don't worry <laughs> well you you've mentioned other comics and they are joining us with us right now you uh, have compiled a roster over the years of, of great Canadian stand-up comics joining us on the panel right now we have Mr. Arthur Simeon Dina Jackson and the one the only Mr. K Trevor Wilson welcome to the panel everyone with Barry thank you all for doing this how are we all feeling kind of post sort of pandemic getting back into a normal way of life and you know as they say comedy is back live shows are happening all over again uh arthur we'll start with you how does it kind of feel to be part of a label and and get backing out and kind of getting your voice heard again 
Well, it's very exciting. I mean, it's been obviously a, a very strange, depressing year for many reasons, especially in our industry. But uh, one of the reasons that I was hopeful was actually because comedy records didn't didn't really slow down. Like the label didn't really slow down in trying to create opportunities for all of us on the roster to either continue to work or to continue to sort of earn to be able to be creative and also just to make plans for post-pandemic, even though we didn't know what the timeline was going to look like. And I think that that was a very big advantage of being a part of, of, of the label, because if sort of we were, or personally, if I, I should say, if I was just sort of in the wind, I don't think I would have been able to handle um, the lockdown and, and sort of the stay at home and all that stuff that came with it. If it hadn't been, if I just sort of been on 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 my own, so I'm very excited. And congrats on to Barry for like starting this. It was a very, you know, it's funny when you asked him about the corporations. Like, as much as, and I know there is a frustration there from Barry, but like, no one was doing this. Like, that's something that I think has to be stressed. Is like, no one was doing this 10 years ago, 11 years ago. No one even had the blueprint to have an idea of what it was. So even as a presentation, like I remember the first time he talked to, uh, he talked to me about it, I didn't fully understand it because I had no knowledge of what happens in the music industry in terms of the distribution and all of that. And I'd never even considered the fact that comedy can be sort of, can use that model, like the music model to sort of, spread your work or your creation so in a way as much as uh it was truly like innovative and very very like i know barry says it was naive but it was it was genius because no one was doing that no one was even thinking about it dina do you kind of have the the same sort of uh vibe with comedy records i mean essentially you're part of a family you're a part of a roster of comics that has, has grown over the years uh, what's your take on this whole kind of lineage? I mean, throughout the last 17 or, or 16 months, whatever it's been now, how much of this has kind of helped you in a way to stay, you know what, I'm covered. I got my family. I got my, I got my roster of comics. I have, I'm a part of something that's going to get me through this. Um, yeah, I, I agree with what Arthur was just saying. I think he articulated it really well in that you do have that support and um, it you do feel like, that everything's sort of taken care of because a lot of the things that Barry and Tim and the label are doing is they're always thinking above and beyond. They're always like, they're reaching out to, you know, um, late night, like late night shows in the, in the States and pitching us. You know what I mean? They're thinking about that. They're getting us on U S radio stations, that sort of thing, playing our work. And so it becomes more of our art just sort of being exposed on a, on a larger scale. And so because of that, I felt very similar to Arthur. I didn't feel that I was concerned during the pandemic. And I also asked Barry, I said, you know, are, are, what if all of the live shows stop for a long time? Like what about albums? And Barry had so many albums that he hadn't even, that we hadn't put out yet. So like he was completely fine in terms of that. So we got lucky in that way. And I think it just, speaks on having that roster of other comedians that feel like a family and we all kind of have the same message which is that we're in it together and supporting each other 
Well, if that's one thing's for sure, Comedy Records was not shy on content over the over the pandemic as stuff was getting released. We're getting dive into all of that and more right here. Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You're listening to Inside Jokes, Comedy Records. Salute to you. My name is Nick Smorelio. I'm doing a Sebastian Maniscalco. And uh, you're listening to Inside Jokes, Toronto Global, 640. Welcome back to Inside Jokes. I'm Vince Tedesco, your host for the week. Dean Young is away, and each and every week we are brought to you by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. Hakeem Optical, when you want to look a global pandemic dead in the face, check out Hakeem. Um, you see, I say that because it's it, it's good to be Clark Kent rather than Superman. Superman, for my take, just did charity work. Clark Kent had a job. He was a reporter. He had a paycheck. He had a steady income. Guess what? Clark Kent wore glasses. Check out Hakeem Optical, all you working folks out there. We are here with a panel of comedians from Comedy Records celebrating... 10, 11, an ambunctious amount of years. That's not even a word, but I just chose to use it. Uh, but celebrating their career and highlights with, with the label. On the panel tonight, Barry Taylor, Dina Jackson, Arthur Simeon, Kate Trevor Wilson. I thank you all. We, before we went to the break, we had discussed comedy albums and the roster you guys kind of had on backlog. Uh, throughout the pandemic and albums were being released. Barry, you've released a few albums with a lot of comics that we've had on the show promoting, you know, new stuff that was, you know, constantly being produced. But I mean, it, it, it was filmed post or, or even sometimes during the pandemic when they were allowed to do outdoor shows. How was that a tackle to kind of get out and ready and in the listeners kind of earbuds when all the craziness was going on? Was that a struggle for you to kind of produce throughout a pandemic? Um, yeah, yeah, no, like, like you mentioned, we, and Dina mentioned, we'd had some material banked, which was very fortunate just because we had a backlog of albums, so we could just roll them out normally and not have to worry about that. And then, yeah, we did do a couple tapings with like Keith Pedro and, um, Claire Belford and those fortunately worked out too, just based on. I, like luck in a couple circumstances or whatever so yeah it's um I mean and, and in terms of like challenging like having the material is the hardest part once we have the material and it's good that's easy especially during a pandemic when there's less albums being released we can you know we have more of a an opportunity to really get our stuff showcased so um yeah we, we were really fortunate through this pandemic definitely now, throughout the, the last 15 or 16 months, I mean, there's been uh, this sort of, I don't know what you want to call it, alt-comedy, but alt-comedy is, is something even different from, from, from your definition. But uh, a lot of online social media has been coming up. TikTok is a thing. Instagram is a thing. Comedy clips online are a thing. Uh, that was kind of taboo. Never, never, never put your good stuff uh, online for people to kind of see. But in a way, you kind of want them to see because you want them to come to the show. You want them to see, you know, how funny you are. Um, how has that kind of transition? How has it helped an independent comedy a label like Comedy Records? And, and how has it kind of been like a, a give and take? Because essentially, there's a lot of people branding themselves under the label of comedian. 
And it, it takes, you know, some cojones to get up on stage and do what you guys do. Uh, Ketra, from, from your point of view, I mean, you, you've kind of dipped your, your, your feet in both sides of the pond. You're acting, you're, you're on a, you know, you have some notoriety to your name. You, you do roast. You, you, th there's a lot of aspects to your brand of comedy. And that can all be found online. But essentially, the label comedian has very much changed in definition. I want to know what your take has, you know, over the last... 10 years, the definition of comedian to you? Uh, well, I mean, there's always been different forms of comedian because there's been comedic performers, there's been comedic writers, you know, there's been stand-up comedians, there's been uh, actor comedians, you know, there's people who specialize in sketch, there's people who specialize in improv. You know, like, uh, to me, if you're a stand-up comedian, you're doing it on a stage in front of a crowd. And that doesn't mean that a YouTube comedian's not a comedian. They're just not the same kind of comedian that a stand-up comedian is in the same way that an improv comic isn't the same as a writer. Like, you know, it's different skills and it's, you know, it's different heads on the same dragon, uh, as they say. And it's like, you know, I don't uh, take anything away from people who, uh, you know, try their thing on, on YouTube. You know, some people have crippling stage fright and the only way they can get their stuff out is to do it on YouTube. And this whole pandemic, the only way you had to, to reach out to anybody was uh, through the internet. So of course people are going to make use of that system. You know, I always think back to uh, uh, Bob Newhart, his first show ever, first live performance was the night before his first album taping. He'd built up his career, his notoriety, everything, recording uh, audio sketches in his basement and sending them into the radio station to play. And when they asked him to put an album together and do it in front of an audience, he had to be like, I've actually never performed in front of a crowd before and I'm really scared. So they did a, they did book the theater for two nights, one night to see if it would work and then the next night to record it. So you can't say that someone who does all their practice at home isn't a comedian because Bob Newhart is a legend. <laughs> and that's how, yeah, how he got his start. Yeah. Uh, one of those, one of those crazy, but true tales. So, and there's always been different types of comedy. This situation just forced, uh, you know, a lot of people to go the, the online route. And uh, you know, for me, that's not, how I like to do comedy, you know, to me, that's, that's not the same thing. I don't want to do my stand up uh, over, over zoom or over a, a conference call to a corporate because I, I live for the immediate response of the audience. The whole point for me is to be on stage and to have that interaction and to have that immediate thing, but that's me. And I'm not going to tell someone else that, uh, you know, what they're doing isn't, isn't valid uh, you know, I did famously go out and tell people you're not a comedian just because you call yourself a comedian. And I think that's true. You know, just because you tell jokes doesn't mean you're a comedian. Uh, but if you make it your life, put your everything into it, you know, put your thousand hours or whatever it is to become an expert at that field, you get to put your, that, that stamp on yourself. If this is something you do as a hobby, then at least be honest and call it a hobby. You know, but if it's your life and if you give everything you have to it, by all means, yeah. you know, you know, you're you're going to earn that title one day. For the rest of the panel, for Dina, Arthur, if you guys finding, you know, throughout the last while, I guess, find yourself trying to resort to online, keeping yourself relevant, putting out kind of older clips of, of, of old stand up clips or even experimenting with new projects online. 
Has that become a thing? Dina, we'll start with you. Um, I have not been putting my like stand-up clips online. I, I have done some Zoom shows, but <laughs> similar to what Trev said, it, they do kill your soul. Yes, um, that's been a constant theme. <laughs> they are a whole, and like everyone's just adapting. That's what they're doing. So it's no disrespect to anyone, but it can't be a permanent thing. Like if that's what it's going to be for the future, I'm going to have to walk away at this point, you know, because it's true. The energy of the room is such a wonderful thing. And that's why it's so amazing to be doing it again, finally. And like, I do notice with the audiences now, they've, they're starved, like for a year and a half, they've just been staring at a screen and now they suddenly get to engage in this again. And as the comedian, you love it too. So it's this amazing exchange that we all missed. And yeah. So in terms of that, I have been working on other creative projects, but um like I do public speaking. So that's been a, another part of my work. And so I've been putting my energy into things like that, but yeah, not doing a lot on the online space. Cause similar to Trav, I just, I do enjoy that live component. It's just, it's a special thing. Yeah. Arthur, you've been uh, managing to keep your creative process going throughout this whole thing. Are you happy to be back into it? I mean, other projects you've been working on? Yeah. I mean, definitely happy to be back doing live shows uh because to hop on what Dina and trev said it's like yeah it no one got into this to do jokes from their living room into a computer like no one that's not why we signed up for stand-up comedy hey, we, i don't especially. want to do radio this way but look hey we exactly don't have exactly so there. it's like uh i for the longest time i didn't do any online shows um and it was just like same thing like kejo was like i it just doesn't make it didn't make sense to me, but I was also uncomfortable at how quickly people did online shows. Like basically the world shut down on a Friday and people were doing online shows on a Monday. I'm like, let us <laughs> grieve. Like, let us, let us have this moment <laughs> to grieve. And again, to sort of hope on, 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 on Trev's point, none of the people who did it that early up, people I respect like it's like you can't you have to be you have to not you know you have to sort of hate stand-up to get into a computer that quickly um but I ended up doing some online shows you know because it was a year and, and change and I was like what you know because everyone was sort of doing them and I was like yeah let's get on and see what happened and yeah I I knew I was gonna hate it and I did hate it so I kind of like walked away from it uh after doing a couple of them and then uh but i was also lucky that during the pandemic i worked on a cbc tv show as a writer and that was actually very helpful because it actually gave me something to do some some sort of uh uh outlet to just sort of be creative and tell jokes in a very different form and also work on a on a muscle that i hadn't really focused on all these years because I was sort of writing for myself and sort of to be able to write for other people was something that was a bit of a challenge and was exciting. Okay. Well, transitioning from social media aspect and online aspect, something that's also been around for, it seems like eons are podcasts. Every comic is on a podcast. Every comic starting a podcast. Hey, come check out my podcast. Hey, have you heard that I have a new podcast? I got a podcast. Uh, this show that you're on right now, even though we're on the radio, is podcasted um, from from a comedy label. Essentially, uh, Barry, does that 
hurt you? I mean, when you got podcasts, then you got Netflix specials on top of that. I mean, is it just another avenue essentially to uh, promote your talent? But I mean, how has that been kind of a, a friend or foe in your line of work? <clears throat> um, yeah, no, I, the podcasts are great. I, I think they only benefit the, um, the comedians. I do like just in general, whether it's podcasts or even audio video too, like I'm a, like an extremely strong believer in less is more and quality over quantity. Since day one of this label, I've said that and, and working when I was working in radio with music, I saw that and believed it because like once something that is out there, it's out there forever. Like it's never, ever, ever going away. And you can try and wipe out an album or whatever, but it's not going anywhere. And if it's not your best material, the, um, the negative impact to me is far greater than the positive impact. You know, it could, you could get an immediate, whatever, influx of cash for a few months. And then it's like, okay, cool. That cash is dried up now. I'd like it to go away. And it's like, no, it's there for the rest of your life now. Like it's not going anywhere. And uh, that's just the way it is. So um, yeah, to that, like podcasts, I think podcasts are amazing. And then, but to each, everyone on our roster, I'm like, yeah, do a podcast if you want, of course, but like, do it because you want to you're passionate about something and it's like you want to do it and you commit to it but if you're just people that do stuff for the sake of doing it I just I really think that's a bad idea because again it's it's just oversaturation and and there's just yeah, it's so gonna much, burn out yeah exactly and it's like there's so much stuff and out there now and so many opportunities to view stuff it's like you want when people come find you whether you're you know Dina Arthur or Trev whoever that they, you have a limited amount of amazing material out there and that's what they see and that's all they see. They don't find like a shitty bootleg from like, a, you know, that you just threw on or whatever. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's all great, but I, I just, am, I believe to my core that you should do quality over quantity. I think it's a disastrous move to just put out stuff for the sake of putting out stuff. Awesome. More with the cast and crew or the roster of that is Comedy Records right here inside Joke Citizen and Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, this is Courtney Gilmore and you are listening to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. That was like a weather girl. (laughs) (laughs) You just got a job. Welcome back to Inside Jokes. I am your host, Vince Tedesco. Tonight, a comedy roundup of comedy records, the roster that includes Arthur Simeon, Dina Jackson, Kay Trevor Wilson, and the man who founded it all, Mr. Barry Taylor. Barry, do you miss these old radio days here at Chorus? I mean, you're on the network again. Like, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Do you yeah, feel nice. like you want to go back into like the old, the old uh, edge days or what? Nice to be back. Um... If I could go back to what it was in 2002, 2009, where you could like make a living off of it, sure. But I don't think that's how the industry is anymore. Like, so no. Yeah. <laughs> Case in point, I'm talking to you on mic I bought on Amazon, Barry, and we're hosting a radio show. So any exactly. dumb you the mic. That's the whole thing. Like you had to buy the mic. That's what. So that's the thing. I had to buy the mic too. Yeah, you're right. 
Um, talking about the anniversary of Comedy Records and the lineage that you guys have had, um, you've branched into the U.S. and you've, we've mentioned that before. We're reaching out. Well, your roster is obviously getting expanded, and you're and you're trying to expand your current Canadian roster into the U.S. How is that sort of uh, as a variable, because New York is known as a stand-up sort of mecca. You have some iconic clubs on the strip. Um, that's where people go to kind of lay down the brass roots of, of the art form that is stand-up comedy. LA is a different vibe. LA is a totally entertainment base, whether it be comedy, music, acting. You know, you're, you're, you're finding different artists in that sort of platform. You chose Miami. What, yeah. how did that all happen? What is it like down there? What's the Florida comedy scene like? Um, oh, I get the, the main reasons were a Tim Golden, who runs the company with me, he that's where he went to um, law school. So he has roots there. So we had immediate ties as soon as we went there. Um, B, there's no state tax in Florida. So that, yeah. uh, Hello. that helps. <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah, and then, um, yeah, I guess a lot of it is just, Tim in particular is very familiar with Miami because he lived there for a time. Um, he does obviously all of our legal stuff for us. And uh, yeah, he just said it made sense. And um, from there, like we have our office, our office uh, just outside of South Beach. And then we have, uh, we're able to work in New York and LA whenever we want really. So it's, um. In terms of the comedy scene, like it's okay. There's a couple cool clubs. Our good friends have a club called the Comedy Inn in Miami, which is awesome. It's like a, it's a small intimate comedy club. It's also part of a, uh, like a small hotel, boutique hotel. And they just do shows there with just like amazing comedians in these intimate venues. That's really cool. So yeah, the Comedy Inn, I would definitely recommend anyone checking that out. And then, yeah, there's like an improv there and, um, a bunch of really solid comedians have come there from Forrest Shaw, who's now co-hosting the Jim Jeffries podcast and has been on Conan and, and all that um, is from there. Orlando Leba, who's blowing up now. He's been on like Fallon a bunch of times and Conan and has an HBO special. He's from Miami. So yeah, it's, it's cool. It's nice. And I mean, the, also like I despise the winter. So it was for sure motivating to get an office in somewhere warm. Uh, Comedy records, the snowbirds of comedy. Do the American <laughs> audience love and support the label as much as Canadians do? I mean, we know the the talented roster that you've kind of assembled over the years. Is that appreciated south of the border? It is pretty cool. Um, it is pretty awesome when, like, we pre-pandemic, and it'll be coming back soon. We had like a monthly show at New York Comedy Club in Manhattan, and we just used to put all these Canadians on the lineup, and they would destroy, like, destroy, and it's. It's, uh, yeah, every time we do a show in America, everyone's just like, I can't believe how good this is. I can't believe how we don't know these people, you know what I mean? And, and the other thing, too, is when we were sending our albums of Canadian comics to the U.S. Um, channels on, like, SiriusXM or Pandora, they're, it blows them away. They're just like, I can't believe you have all these good albums or whatever. And, and they just, boom, play them, play them, play them. Doesn't even, they have no recognition, you know, other than a few exceptions. Um, so yeah, American crowds are great for showing support for things. Yeah, I, I have yeah. to give that to the South. They, we're like, if they love something, they let you know and they support the crap out of it. Like, uh, if you go to the states, 
you go to the States and if you have like any little group of people that's interested in what you're doing, they're going to show up and they are going to buy like all of your shirts, all of your tapes. Like they understand the grind down there and they support the crap out of the things that they like. And they, they're, you know, that's the one thing I've got to give to American crowds over Canadian crowds is they, they show up and throw money at the things that they like and they don't. And then, and, and for that reason, they're never standing there going, wondering why, what happened to that thing? I like, it just disappeared. Never happens in America because they will throw all of their money at it to keep it going. Well, here's a question for the entire panel. I'd like you all to kind of chip in. As we discussed before, social media being a thing, podcasting being a thing, is it possible to quote unquote make it without leaving Canada to get your content heard up, you know, worldwide, nationwide, uh, south of the border wide? Dina, we'll start with you. Do you think yeah. it's still possible to make it stay put in Toronto or, or you know, not across the border? I mean, Arthur and Trav are some of the most well known comedians in this country. Like they're sitting, you know, and they, both have a fan base and so yeah i mean there's and like what trev was just describing with the american the american crowds like you know if they're a fan of your show they're gonna watch you and they're gonna want to see you live and then that like they're diehards it's really really amazing to watch so yeah both of them are sitting here they're not in the u.s and uh so yeah i would say definitely i'm actually moving uh, further into canada yeah Yeah, i think it's a take on that arthur I, I think yeah, I think it's possible, but like Trev said, like there's there's a need for Canadian audiences to have some pride in their in their talent for sure. But and and that will sort of help even raise the standards for for all artists to be able to 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 just comfortably live in kind of without having to sort of have the grass is greener on the other side yeah, kind so of attitude. That that's our that's our kind of. Uh... Uh, our, our thing here that everybody were too Americanized, I believe. But um, we're going to get more into that and, and kind of wrap up the show when we get back. Uh, right here, we have the roster of comedy records celebrating huge anniversary milestone 10, 11 plus years now going into uh, the independent comedy label, Kicking Ass in Canada. We'll be back. More inside jokes after the break. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. <laughs> Hi, my name's Graham Kay, and you are listening to Inside Jokes 640. Welcome back to Inside Jokes. I'm Vince Tedesco. Each and every week we're brought to you by Hakeem Optical. Hakeem Optical, fashionable, affordable, and... I don't know, funny eyewear, if you want to call it that. They sponsor a comedy show. They got to be good at something. Ladies and gentlemen, we're celebrating the anniversary of one of the best and greatest possible, possible greatest in the independent comedy labels here throughout Canada. We're talking comedy records tonight. Founder Barry Taylor with K. Trevor Wilson, Dina Jackson, Arthur Simeon, all on the comedy roundup. Uh, before we went to break, Dar- uh, Barry was, was ready to chime in. Uh, what did you have that you wanted to say, Barry? Yeah, you just mentioned about like, can a Canadian make it and still live here kind of thing. And that's for sure, like our motivation, like it's definitely we want like a lot of it is you succeed here, but then you have to move to LA or New York to really take your career Uh to the next level. But our sort of ideal scenario and business model is we want people to be able to live here 
but work in the US. So, but like I live here and we work with New York Comedy Festival or, you know, Creative Artist Agency in Los Angeles or, you know, the, the clubs all over of this, the US. So that's possible. But Trev is exactly the perfect example of this being possible because he lives here in Canada. He can literally work anywhere in America he wants to right now. He's represented by you know, arguably the biggest talent agency on the planet in CAA, and he didn't have to move there. He did it, um, A, based on his talent, obviously, and then B, just, you know, again, we took a different approach. For he, he and I are like, well, I don't want to move there. Like, why do I have to move there or whatever? So, and he doesn't. And, and, and it's just like, that's the goal is to have everybody. All my stuff is here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Trev, here's course, a question I wanted to ask. I wanted to ask. This is especially this, funny because right behind Trev is Captain America. Captain America. <laughs> I love that. He's he's punching Hitler in the face. Yeah. <laughs> hey Trev, do you think Canadian audiences are just too Americanized? Like we just we as much as we love stand-up comedy and as much as it it's always rooted in our bloodline, we're just yeah. But is it like Big Bang Theory? Uh, is it like uh, Off the Boat? Is it like uh, Seinfeld? We always have too many American American comparisons. So I don't know. Do you think we're, we're too Americanized? I don't think uh, the audiences are too Americanized. I think there's you sort of a defeatist attitude. We don't take enough pride in in what we do and uh, what we create. You know, there's become this idea of if you're so great, why are you still here in this country? Like we we have a very defeatist attitude, and uh, I don't think the like the the overabundance of American sitcoms on Canadian TV is also indicative of of the Canadian audience as well. I think it's the laziness of uh, broadcasters and producers. Um, I think it's, uh, you know, only making shows because you're mandated to, as opposed to doing it because you're passionate and creative. It's easier to just buy something uh, from the States that has already been created and they do it ad nauseum. Uh, you know, the, the, for the longest time in Canada, the biggest curse was uh, for your TV show was hitting syndication because that meant you were going to get canceled because then they could profit off of your show without making new ones. So it's, I, I, it's really up to the broadcasters and the producers to get off their wallets and uh, create. Um, and I think Canadian audiences have given uh, on the regular basis, a product of quality that isn't going to disappear. Uh, you know, once they get interested in it, because uh, we've seen it, we've seen, We've seen them get behind corner guests. We've seen the audience get behind. I mean, how many years was Air Force on the air? We've seen uh, them get behind Trailer Park Boys. We've seen them get behind Kim's Convenience, Working Moms, Letter Kenny. Uh, you know, there's uh, a Shit's Creek. So many. The, we've been in a renaissance, in fact, of Canadian-produced comedy that is not just getting noticed here, but winning awards in the United States. And... Uh, that fact alone shows that Canadians do want to see Canadian things. They just want to see good Canadian things. Yeah. Not the oh. same crap over and over. And that's exactly it for the, for broadcasters to take chances and, and not take audiences for granted. And I think that's the one thing that Canadian audiences, we let all these monopolistic broadcasters off the hook a lot for not like taking chances and just giving creative people a chance to be creative. It's an ongoing struggle that uh, 
I guess Canada or the uh, the companies that produce Canadian content don't really appreciate the arts like they should be and be giving more opportunity to more talent so we don't lose themselves at the border. Um, one person and, and one label that obviously is giving everybody a lot of opportunity, Barry Taylor, Comedy Records. And thank you guys for being on the panel today. Uh, let's do a final roll call, I guess. Arthur, we'll start with you. Where can people find your comedy? Where can people check you out online? And where, where can people see you live? Uh, ArthurSimeon.com is the website, and that, that will take you to everything. You can find everything over there. Perfect. Miss Dina Jackson. Uh, my website is dinajackson.ca. <laughs> <laughs> And um, I have a live show coming up at the Horseshoe Tavern on the 7th of August with another rostered member, Monty Scott and Sean Majumner as well. And uh, my Instagram is at Dina Talks. Perfect. Okay, Trevor Wilson. Obviously, we know you from the hit TV show, but anything else you got coming up? Uh, well, ktrevorwilson.com is the uh, website uh, we got coming up. Uh, well, we just re announced we're going back out on the road with Leonard Kenny Live uh, starting next nice. February. Uh, plus, uh, on top of uh, two seasons of Leonard Kenny in the can waiting to come out, uh, you can also see me on the upcoming uh, Bell uh, series, um, Roast Battles Canada, which has just been approved for a second season that we will be filming in October. Congrats. And Mr. Barry Taylor. And this fine roster that you've put together in the town that here are Comedy Records, what's new and upcoming and where can everybody check this out? Um, yeah, comedyrecords.ca, social media stuff is Comedy Records. And um, we just dropped an NFT, actually, that uh, you can check out. It's all, it's linked at our website and um, through our social media and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, th thanks so much for having us, Vince. Appreciate it, man. Awesome. We thank you, Barry, Dina, Arthur, Ktrev. Thank you all for joining us in. And thank you guys all for listening. It's been another week here of Inside Jokes. Tune in again next week. Cruiser, I love you. Thanks again. Hi, this is Alicia Carusi, and you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx. This week's Comedy Rx features Todd Graham. Uh, I am trying to get my, uh, my wife used to the idea of me uh, bringing a rifle to bed. <laughs> I just figure it's going to be the only way that my sleep apnea mask won't look so weird. <laughs> she says that, uh, she says sometimes I can be annoying. Yeah, you believe that? Yeah. You, know, you know what I say to her? I say, I say, hey lady, why don't you have a look in the mirror and see how annoying I can be from behind you. I thought that the arm flourish would really sell that. You know? Mostly just, mostly I'm a stay at home comic. You know?